the Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather in virtual worship this February Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation today and later around the globe. The service includes the sermon recorded this week, along with music and liturgy from earlier services. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your attention to the possibilities for ministry and pastoral support available on our website, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
pray. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We gather as grateful recipients of the legacy of Mr. John Wesley, who in the 18th century led the flourishing emergence of the Methodist movement that gave birth over time in this country to 128 schools, universities, and colleges, beginning with Boston University in 1839. Said Mr. Wesley first to his budding preachers, do you know God to be a pardoning God? Do you know God to be a pardoning God? We rest in God's pardon and peace to begin our service each Lord's Day, guided as is our custom in the Kyrie eleison by our choir. Let us pray together. From your very hand, gracious God, help us to receive the arts of forgiveness in prayer and in listening 
and in speech, that we might be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as thou in Christ hast forgiven us. Hear good news, if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the second book of Kings, chapter two, verses one through 12. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way to Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other, until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit the double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended into the world, went into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father! the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them into pieces. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slave for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in singing verses from Psalm 50 with the Antiphon. God the Lord speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Our God comes and does not keep silence, before whom is a devouring fire, round about whom is a mighty tempest. Gather to me my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare God's righteousness, for God himself is judge. stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had been risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. In a changed world, a reordered life, a twilit era, sometimes a poem lights the way. Ted Kuzer's poem sees a church transformed into a barn, heavenly order replaced by earthly disarray, a poem of love and loss, yet with good works all around. There is a tractor in the doorway of a church in Red Wing, Nebraska, in a coat of mud and straw that drags the floor. A broken plow sprawls beggar-like behind it on some planks that make a sort of roadway up the steps. The steeple's gone. A black tar paper scar that lightning might have made replaces it. They've taken it down to change the house of God to Homer Johnson's barn, but it's still a church with clumps of tiger lilies in the grass and one of those box-like glassed-in signs that give the sermon's topic, reading now a bird nest and a little broken glass. The good works of the Lord are all around. The steeple top is standing in a garden just up the alley. It's a hen house now. Fat leghorns gossip at its crowded door. Pews stretch on porches up and down the street. The stained glass windows style the mayor's house and the bells atop the firehouse in the square. The cross is only God knows where. In thy light, we see light. In thy light, we see light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Now the light shines longer at the end of the day. No longer have we the deep, sudden 4.30 p.m. New England dark of December. The light hangs and hangs on longer. Past 5 p.m., you may pause if the weather suits and lean on the balustrade along Marsh Plaza. With a clear day, the sunlight lingers and warms and heals. The buildings to the west, as the sun now sits and sets, are a few stories only, 
So we have a full sunset, or nearly so, and it feels good. The sunlight lingers and warms and heals. We have had no shortage of dark days the year past. Pollution, pandemic, politics, prejudice, pain. Pollution and a challenged climate. Yet, the light still shines. One reads of a global automobile manufacturer determining now to produce only electric cars by 2035. Pandemic and endless losses, death near and far. Yet, the light still shines. One reads of the heroism of scientists and laboratories right across our Charles River, bringing vaccines to life, for life, to use, for use. Politics unmoored from healthy culture, yet the light shines. There is prayerful, heartfelt resolve matched by some actions. A confession that character matters, decency matters, empathy matters, experience matters, honesty matters. Character, decency, empathy, experience, honesty, especially when it comes to leadership, they truly matter. Prejudice, the abiding corruption of racism near and far, yet the light shines. One sees right here at Boston University right now in 2021 a new full emphasis embodied in the flesh. Andrea Taylor, Catherine Kennedy, Ken Elmore, Crystal Williams, Ibram X. Kendi, Louise Shudsoke, the President's Diversity Office, Senior Diversity Office, the Howard Thurman Center, the Dean of Students' Work, the Associate Provost's Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, the Center for Anti-Racism, the African American Studies Program. With the late afternoon sun resting on the MLK Monument, with the longer afternoon sunset resting on the Marsh Door statue of John Wesley, there is an inkling, a dawning, a harbinger, an echo of faith and of better days coming and a relighting of higher hopes past. Pain, though, remains. Pain remains especially in our losses of loved ones in COVID. In liturgy and worship on Sunday, March 14th, mark the date, we will engage pain and honor loss. Yet, the light still shines. In thy light, we see light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In faith, we can face pain squarely, what Paul ascribes to the God of this world, shadow, hurt, pain. The God of this world, hmm. Paul is close here, as close as he gets to the language of Gnosticism and may have borrowed the phrase from the Gnostics. Paul is as far here as he gets from the language of Hebrew scripture and he may have used the phrase to get some distance between himself and his religious family of origin. He is in dark pain, even as he claims and acclaims that the light still shines and we can too. Even new life brings pain. There is joy, but there is pain. Even in moments of luminous new life, a student finds her way into Marsh Chapel and asks for prayers. A young woman follows an urge and comes to church and asks for poems. An older man prays at night, knowing what he needs to do to do his job, but knowing others will be hurt and still others will judge harshly. 
and yet he asks for nothing. A young man determines to face the music, to address his addiction, and does so outside of church and asks for prayers. A parent loses his child and calls in grief and hunts for consolation. A woman makes a hard choice in real time about something that counts and finds her spirits lightened and sings her prayers. A, rel a religious man opened an Advent devotional, one part word and one part music, and heard once in Royal David City and bowed and cried and cried. A university leader does the right things at the right times in the right ways, not always with full appreciation. A senator gives up his seat rather than support fascism. A family member serves the hurt of another. There, here and there, here, the light still shines. A scientist, Anthony Fauci, and a humanist, John Lewis, worshiped together in Marsh Chapel, baccalaureate Sunday, May 2018. All in worship, so remember the prophetic call Human agency, human agency, human agency. May 2018, in the nave of Marsh Chapel, John Lewis and Anthony Fauci, be you past and future. Incarnation is the honoring of the human being, you and others in whom light shines in the heart. God is at work in the world to make and keep human life human through human beings. It will have to be a shared agency, a common purpose for it to work in time. Writes the psalmist, the Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. Well, it is easy to rejoice when things are going well. Nothing is more enjoyable than a season of life that is exciting, happy, and generally personally successful. We readily love life when life feels easy and day-to-day -day is filled with laughter. We struggle, though, when life is not so joyful, on days when tears come far more readily than smiles. Then joy is the furthest thing from our mind, and we become grouchy and repel joy in favor of self-induced misery. We even remember happier days through a rose-colored lens and fall into despair instead of taking those past joys as a reminder that joy will come again. There is light and that light still shines. This year has been full of tearful, lonely, stressful days when we looked back on life before corona and longed for times of rest and community like we had back then. Sometimes we have the feeling as though life will never be so good or so normal again, and we feel sorrow. We miss friends and family and ordinary life, even though we know that this isolation is not the final word. Still there is light. The light still shines. There have been good days before and there will be joyful days in the future as well. The future will restore the wealth of joy, community, and love that we have known before. For now we are planting seeds of future joys in community and we know that when this is all over, we are able to be together once again we will come bearing overflowing hearts full of joy, which were fostered through patience and loving kindness toward our neighbors. 2020-21 has brought a plague and pain in plague, now 450,000 dead. 
Many have lost their parents without having the chance to grieve their going in the last weeks, days, and even hours of life. Nurses, physicians, hospital administrators, support personnel, and others in medical care have given the last full measure of devotion. At least 1,000 nurses have died in the course of providing medical care to others. And others have offered service and devotion as well, police officers, teachers, morticians, bus drivers, and others. What might have been a moment of shared national commitment and common patriotic, patriotic sacrifice, a war against disease, became instead in this last year a kind of war against healing, with cavalier understatement of danger, refusal to mask, distance, clean, test, and trace, underestimation of the enormity and duration of the calamity over by Easter. One day it would be gone like a miracle and cavalier denial and avoidance of colossal grief and loss from sea to shining sea. How does one think about this? How does one reckon with this? The presence of pandemic is a matter of nature. Wise and careful leadership or its astounding and costly absence is a matter of grace or lack of grace. Yet, yet, the light still shines, and remember, there were voices speaking truth early on. We were warned. Here is Jeff Flake in October of 2017. I will no longer be complicit or silent in the face of reckless, outrageous, undignified behavior. I deplore the casual undermining of our democratic ideals the personal attacks, the threats against principles, freedom, and institutions, the flagrant disregard for truth and decency. We must stop pretending that the conduct of some is normal. It is not normal. It is dangerous to democracy. October 24, 2017. Sometimes things end badly. That's why they end. Sometimes the way a person leaves proves profoundly beyond a shadow of a doubt why the leave taking was needed and necessary. You may know this in your own direct experience. When someone you love says or does something you hate, something that is wrong, hurtful, damaging, and lasting, not something mild or minor, but something real and permanent, then a door closes on that event or act or word and you are left with disappointment and anger, disappointment that does not quickly dissipate, and anger that does not easily abate. It is a permanent wound, a lasting permanent scar, forgivable and forgiven by grace it may be, but not forgettable or forgotten. By grace it may be forgivable, in truth though, not ever forgettable. It has only one true first cousin in life, and that cousin is death itself. Here, just here, here is where we will need, here is where you will need a measure of faith. In extremists, we need the voices of faith that, like that of St. Paul to stead steady us and remind us, yet the light still shines, and we need other voices too. On Transfiguration Sunday, they may just transfigure us. 
In the darkness of the 1930s, Dietrich Bonhoeffer glimpsed light. He wrote, God would have us know that we must live as men who manage our lives without him. The God who is with us is the God who forsakes us. Before God and with God, we live without God. God lets himself be pushed out of the world and onto the cross. He is weak and powerless in the world, and that is precisely the way, the only way, in which he is with us and helps us. And the church that calls a people to belief in Christ must itself be in the midst of that people, the burning fire of love, the nucleus of reconciliation, the source of the fire in which all hate is consumed and the proud and hateful transformed into the loving. In the darkness of the 1970s, a decade we seem tragically intent to repeat, Erezim Kohak glimpsed light, he wrote, a life wholly absorbed in need and its satisfaction, be it on the level of conspicuous consumption or of marginal survival, falls short of realizing the innermost human possibility of cherishing beauty, knowing truth, doing the good, worshiping the holy. In the darkness of 2020, David Blight glimpsed light he wrote, above all, we need to revive the idea that truth matters, as John Dewey wrote. For truth, instead of being a bourgeois virtue, is the mainspring of all human progress. In our time and on our very street, Ibram X. Kendi glimpsed light and says so in the language of possibility, the vocabulary of your own possibilist tradition the very tongue of historic Methodism, he wrote. Let us saturate the body politic with the chemotherapy or immunotherapy of anti-racist policies that shrink the tumors of racial inequities that kill undetectable cancer cells. But before we can treat, we must believe. Believe all is not lost for you and me and our society. Believe in the possibility that we can strive to be anti-racist from this day forward, believe in the possibility that we can transform our societies to be anti-racist from this day forward. In thy light, we see light. In thy light, we see light. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. In a changed world, a reordered life, a twilight era, sometimes a poem lights the way. There's a tractor in the doorway of a church in Red Wing, Nebraska, in a coat of mud and straw that drags the floor. A broken plow sprawls beggar-like behind it on some planks that make a sort of roadway up the steps. The steeple's gone a black tar paper scar that lightning might have made replaces it. They've taken it down to change the house of God to Homer Johnson's barn, but it's still a church with clumps of tiger lilies in the grass and one of those box-like glassed-in signs that give the sermon's topic, reading now a bird's nest and a little broken glass. The good works of the Lord are all around, the steeple top is standing in a garden just up the alley. It's a hen house now, 
Fat leghorns gossip at its crowded door, and pews stretch on porches up and down the street. The stained glass windows style the mayor's house, and the bells atop the firehouse in the square. The cross is only God knows where. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Amen. We now come to a time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer either by remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me Lord.
As we enter a time of prayerful reflection, please respond to the phrase, Hear us, O God, with your mercy is great. Holy God, your loving power is at work among us. Rouse and embolden your church, that we too might be transfigured. Set a light in the world for the sake of the gospel. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Awesome God, you speak and the earth trembles. You display your majesty in the mountains and your mystery in the clouds. Grant that we discover your magnificence in all of your created world. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Ruler of nations, your reign extends across all human borders. Guide world leaders in justice and righteousness that they may work for equity for all people and protect the world that you have made. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Gracious God, you are a refuge for all who are neglected and abused. Bring freedom to those who are oppressed and give comfort to those experiencing pain of any kind. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. God of Moses and Elijah, you made your dwelling place at the top of a mountain with Jesus and his disciples. Dwell also in this congregation that all who enter this community might be transformed by your dazzling brilliance. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Everlasting God, you offer eternal life to all your children. Thank you for the witness of those who lived and died in the faith. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. Confident that you are able to accomplish more than we even dare to ask, we bring these prayers before you, believing in your saving grace revealed in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Gracious God, we take this time to honor you in both word and deed. All that we have derives from you, and so we give back to the church, not out of our own generosity, but out of your generosity. Your supply sustains our ability to be in fellowship, in worship, and in awe. Thank you. Amen. It is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge 
of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, our Lord, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.